Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. Episode 74, The Debt Ceiling, Explained. I'll bet you're wondering what the U.S. national debt is right now. Well, I can probably answer that for you, as a matter of fact. What a coincidence, huh? According to the usdebtclock.org, the U.S. national debt right now is... You might want to sit down for this, because... I'm going to tell you how much of this debt you're responsible for, too. The total U.S. national debt right now, it's Wednesday, January 11th. It's early afternoon where I'm at. And it is $31 trillion. And then to that, you can add $481,756,000,000. And the last six digits of that number changed so fast, it's kind of ridiculous to even try to tell you what those numbers are. So, you heard that right. 31,481,757,000,000 dollars. And of that, every taxpayer in the United States is responsible for $246,866 of that debt. That's divided up the total national debt by the number of taxpayers that we have. And every single citizen, including babies that have just been born, has inherited $94,179 in debt. And again, that number is just the debt per, cit- per citizen, which is the national debt divided by the number of U.S. citizens. So, there you go. And we're well over the $31,481,000,000,000 mark. And according to my research, the current... Uh, debt ceiling, which was signed, uh, which was raised uh, under President Biden, uh, is 31.4 trillion. That's as of October of 2022. So we're um, over that amount right now. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so. I I thought I would talk to you about the debt ceiling, which is also known as the national debt. Sometimes people will call it the debt limit or perhaps the statutory debt limit. You might wonder exactly what the heck is a debt ceiling anyway. Well, let me tell you. The debt ceiling is the maximum amount of money that the United States can borrow 
the total of it by issuing bonds. And the debt ceiling was created during World War I under the Second Liberty Bond Act of, 20, of 1917. And the U.S. government is theoretically supposed to stay underneath this debt ceiling. But if the levels of spending increase over the debt ceiling, the Treasury Department has to, well, they have to take some rather extensive uh, measures to keep up with government obligations and expenditures until the ceiling is raised again. And I guess that must be what the, the Treasury is doing, doing right now because according to the debt clock, we're over the $31.4 trillion debt limit. Now, raising the debt ceiling is something that has happened numerous times over the years. It's been suspended, it's been raised, and the reason that they do that, the reason Congress does that, is because a default by the U.S. government on its debt would be a disaster for the country, and it would have impacts around the world uh, with the world economy as well. And that, my friends, is what the Republicans in the House are threatening to do. They are threatening to not raise the debt ceiling. And by doing so, they are holding the U.S. Constitution and the country and all of its citizens hostage. Isn't that a nice thing to do? You kind of wonder who exactly are they working for? Well, let me give you some more details about the debt ceiling. As I said, the debt ceiling was created during World War I, and its intent was to control the spending of the U.S. government and to make sure that the money being spent by the government was fiscally responsible. Since its initiation, the debt ceiling has been raised or revised 78 times in order to avoid the possibility of a default and to keep the U.S. economy running. And there are some who question whether the debt ceiling is actually effective or not. So, let me give you a little background on why the debt ceiling was perceived as being necessary. Prior to 1917, Congress basically had no restrictions on how much money it spent. And that was a concern 
especially during World War I when costs were increasing due to the war. So in 1917, the debt ceiling was created, and the intent was to make sure that the federal government was fiscally responsible when it came to how it spent taxpayer money. And essentially what happens is when Congress reaches a spending level that is at the debt ceiling, it's usually is just raised. And when you hit the limit of the debt ceiling, and by doing so, fail to pay interest payments to bondholders, the U.S. basically becomes in default on the monies that it owes. And that lowers the credit rating of the United States and increases the cost of its debt. Now, ever since the debt ceiling came to be, there has been some controversy about it because the 14th Amendment of the Constitution very clearly states that the validity of the public debt of the United States, authorized by law, shall not be questioned. Many take that to believe if, <laughs> you know, if it's been authorized by Congress, that's authorized by law and that it is not to be questioned. It is just to be paid. So it's a valid expense. It needs to be paid. You don't question it. And I will point out that there are other democratic countries around the world, and they don't have a debt ceiling. So that makes the United States kind of one of the rarities. So. There are some advantages to the debt ceiling, and there's disadvantages as well. There are good things and bad things about the debt ceiling. Among the good things, well, it does kind of provide a system of checks and balances on the finances of the country. And the fact that there is a debt ceiling and that there is money available can be used to fund federal operations. And it does improve the efficiency when the government needs to come up with money to fund its obligations. But like everything, with the government, there is a negative side as well. And opponents of the, or I shouldn't say opponents, but critics of the debt ceiling say that it's too easily raised. And the fact that it can be raised by a vote of the House uh, kind of uh, doesn't really serve the purpose of encouraging fiscal responsibility, it actually 
could encourage fiscal irresponsibility. And of course, when there's a problem with the House or somebody in the House who doesn't want to raise the debt ceiling and they hold it up, it can jeopardize the credit rating of the United States. And that in turn can lower our credit rating, which means the cost of our debt increases to all of the taxpayers. And of course, there are those who will tell you that the debt ceiling is unconstitutional to begin with. And I should point out that the when when Congress gets to the point, when the House gets to the point where they have to raise the debt ceiling, they're not raising it because they want to spend more money. So in other words, they're not looking at down the road at next year's budget or at future expenses necessarily and saying, well, we're going to increase the military budget by $290 billion. That's just an example, folks. That's not that's not real. <laughs> Although there are probably some that would say, oh, well, that would be great. Uh, and then base the increase in the debt ceiling on future costs. The debt ceiling has to be raised to pay debts that have already been approved by Congress. So when you have a body like the House of Representatives saying, we're not going to raise the debt limit unless we get this in return. Well, some of those same people in the House of Representatives were quite likely the same ones who voted for some of the financial bills that now need to be paid by the government, and they're not wanting to raise the debt limit so that those bills can be paid. You want to talk about being irresponsible? That is uh, pretty irresponsible to me. And we have had some debt ceiling showdowns in Congress in, in the past, and we've had some shutdowns, too. And I think you will see a common denominator. There have been uh, a couple of showdowns over the debt ceilings. Uh, the conflict is usually between the White House and Congress, of course, and the debt ceiling is what is used as leverage to push uh, through uh, whoever's agenda needs to be shoved through. Back in 1995, the Republican members of Congress, uh, led by then House Speaker Newt Gingrich, used the uh, threat of not increasing the debt ceiling to negotiate increased government spending cuts. They felt like the government was just spending too much money. And at the time, President Bill Clinton was in office, and he didn't agree with uh, the members of Congress and said he was not going to make those spending cuts. And that led to a, shut, a shutdown of the government. And eventually, the White House and Congress agreed on a balanced budget 
And uh, there were some modest spending cuts and tax increases in that budget. But, uh, you know, you kind of wonder why didn't they just do that before they had a shutdown? Because the Republicans in Congress hated President Obama so much, he, of course, faced a few issues regarding the debt ceiling during his uh, two terms as president. The 2011 debt ceiling crisis was due to, once again, Republicans in Congress demanding deficit reductions to approve an increase in the debt ceiling. And at this particular time, the U.S. Treasury debt was stripped of its AAA rating by Standard & Poor's, a rating that it had held for more than 70 years. And of course, when your rating drops, your interest rates normally go up and you become less credit worthy. And then again, in 2013, the government was shut down for 16 days after Republicans wanted to defund the Affordable Care Act, also known as the ACA or Obamacare. And they wanted to do it by, again, holding the debt ceiling uh, hostage, I guess, or actually they were holding the Affordable Care Act hostage. Basically, the American people hostage. And an agreement to suspend the debt limit was passed, uh, you know, like within a day or so. And that was when the Treasury was uh, estimated that it was going to run out of money on that particular day. I will remind you that the Republicans have tried over and over and over and over and over and over and over again to repeal the Affordable Care Act. The Affordable Care Act could have been a better health care plan, except the Democrats, in an attempt to get Republican support, watered it down, made it less beneficial to the American people, added uh, cost to it, would have been cheaper to the American people, more affordable, more flexible plans. But they, for months, they fooled with these Republicans trying to get Republican support. And in the end, they came out with something that wasn't as good as they started off with before they tried to get the Republicans on board. And did they get any Republicans to support it? No, no. So remember that next time one of these Republicans tells you how hard they're working for you. They're not. I'm just I am to the point where I really, truly am fed up with the Republicans. They are like a clear and present danger to our country and its people and our constitution and our democracy. They truly are. So uh, anyway, getting back to the debt ceiling, it was raised in 2014 and 2015 and uh, early in 2017, it was raised. And at that point, 
Uh, later in the year, in September of 2017, the U.S. debt exceeded $20 trillion for the first time ever. And uh, former President Trump signed a bill extending the debt ceiling to December 8th, 2017. So he kicked the can down the road a little bit. And then the ceiling had to be suspended for a little over a year as I believe part of a bill that was enacted in February of 28, I think is when they when they did that. And uh, the ceiling came to effect. And um, yeah, by March of 2019, U.S. <laughs> debt had topped $22 trillion, and it had to be increased again in March 2019. Uh, by August... Former President Trump uh, signed the Bipartisan Budget Act of 2019, which actually suspended the debt ceiling through July 31st, 2021. And that also uh, lifted some spending caps on federal agencies. And it uh, provided money, provided funding for the government in the, in the uh, immediate future as well. And suspending the ceiling in that manner eliminated the risk of default for another two years. Uh, spending was increased to $320 billion for the 2020 and 2021 fiscal years. And again, in December of 2021, the debt ceiling was once again raised to $31.4 trillion. And as I mentioned earlier, the debt ceiling was raised to $31.4 trillion in October of 2022 by President Biden. So what happens if we truly have a standoff between the Democrats and the Republicans on this and, and they actually... Uh, um don't raise the uh the debt limit the debt ceiling uh well what it can do is it can have grave consequences for the economy and for a lot of the people in the country the uh default by the united states government would again lower its credit rating which you know <laughs> the Republicans have already done once, so it's not unprecedented for them to do that, is it? And that increases the cost of the amount of debt that we're carrying, which obviously we are we're approaching $32 trillion right now, very quickly. And uh, it could very well throw the uh, economy uh, into a huge... Uh, uh, <laughs> in a to a crisis so it's uh something that really should not be allowed to happen and the fact of the matter is this money has already gone through congress it's been approved it's been through the approval process and the budgets have been approved and it's all been apportioned so there should not be any question about raising the debt ceiling 
My suggestion would be either they need to tie the debt ceiling to the budget and it needs to be raised at that point in time to accommodate the budget that went through, or they need to just get rid of it. Um, but uh, they want to use that uh, debt ceiling to cut what they're calling entitlements, which they make it sound like a bad thing. And it's uh, Social Security is your money, my money. We've all paid into it whenever we whenever we worked throughout the years. And uh, the government doesn't have any right to that money. And they say, well, you know, the Social Security Trust Fund is going to run out by such and such and such and such. Well, I'm going to do another podcast about Social Security. and clear up a few things, but the trust fund was actually expected. It was planned to decrease because the only reason that we have the Social Security Trust Fund now was to accommodate the baby boomers. You may recall back in the 1980s when Ronald Reagan was president, they raised the amount of money being put into Social Security by workers and it was being put into this Social Security Trust Fund where it would gain interest of, I think it was like 1.8% or something, you know, 2%, something like that. And the intention was this would provide a cushion as the baby boomers all came in to the retirement age, which is going to be you know, a certain period of time. And then as the the last of the baby boomers had worked their way through the system, the trust fund would not be uh, required to have as much money in it as it did uh, at one time. So it's always been planned that way. And they're using that. And the fact that a lot of people don't realize that uh, as an excuse, well, it's going to run out of money. It's going to run out of money. Well, Social Security was put into effect for decades before the Social Security Trust Fund existed. And the money got paid into what was basically an account. And that account paid Social Security benefits out, and it worked just fine. But they could tell as more and more of the baby boomers began to retire years ahead that they were going to need more money in the system. So they increased the contributions from workers, created the Social Security Trust Fund to store that money and earn some interest. And it's doing what it's supposed to do with the intent that eventually that trust fund will um, not be needed in the future as much. So anyway, I'll, uh, I'm, I'm researching that, and I will do another podcast on that at some point in the future. So it's important that Americans hold the Republican Party accountable. They keep talking about holding the Democratic Party accountable. Well, I think it's time that the American people start holding the Republicans accountable. And when they start talking about doing these things, need to remind them that they're already responsible for a credit rating drop through their little shenanigans previously. And now they want to do that again and risk tanking the economy at the same time. 
it doesn't make any sense to me. And and I, I've said it before, and I'm going to keep saying it. I do not understand why people keep voting for Republicans because they just are not doing anything to help the American people. And they have a track record and they have a voting record to prove it. The economy normally performs better under Democrats. The last few uh, recessions, downturns that we've had in the economy have been due to Republicans. Uh, increases in the deficit have been due to the Republicans and the Democrats come in and fix the lousy economy that they inherited from the Republicans and get the debt paid down. And then the Republicans come back in again and do the same thing over and over and over and over again. America, when are you going to wake up and say, hey, this isn't what's best for me or my family? So I guess I'm not going to be too concerned about this critical race theory thing since I don't even really know what the heck it is and never even heard of it until everybody started talking about it. So school isn't, they said they're not teaching it at, at uh, any of the schools where I have kids going to school. So, you know, but I want them to learn history because I don't want them to be idiots and think that, uh, Something that happened in the past didn't really happen, you know, wasn't all uh, sunshine, lollipops and rainbows for minorities in the past. And I think that today's kids need to learn that. But anyway, that's basically the debt ceiling and that's what the purpose of it was. And uh, so the Treasury Department uh, does have other ways to pay expenses when the debt ceiling is reached. And uh, it is a lengthy, uh, time-consuming, I guess, process to to move money around to cover everything. And uh, if the U.S. defaults on its debt, that's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. And I think I said uh, earlier in a podcast, I think it was day before yesterday or a couple of days ago, that Joe Biden at one point said. America is back. And he was talking to someone at one of our allies, and the ally said in response, for how long? Is that the reputation we want to have that we can't be depended on? It's not very American or patriotic, is it? I hope you have a little bit better understanding of the debt ceiling. I appreciate your time. Hope you have a great day, unless you have other plans. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at FederalAndy, and I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy, and I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week. Mm -hmm.